Would you turn to Psalm 107? While you're turning there, uh, Paul Daniel passed away uh, Friday, Friday night, and he was such a special man to this church, and let's remember the Daniel family. I love that man dearly. Psalm 107. Now, when I read this psalm, I want you to notice that there's two verses uh, repeated four times in this psalm. See if you can find them. Two verses that are repeated four times. God the Holy Spirit is not at a lack for words, and therefore we see the importance of these two statements. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses and led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. They draw near into the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord, in their trouble. And he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships they do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. 
For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depth. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. And they're at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth the rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into the water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them also so that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth not their cattle to decrease again. They are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous shall see and rejoice and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, these things I've just said, even they shall understand. What an understanding. Even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we Come into your presence in Christ's name. And we ask in his blessed name that we will be enabled to understand your loving kindness. We pray that we might be given grace to cry to you in our trouble and that you would hear. And that we might be enabled to proclaim thy goodness. Lord, forgive us of our sins. For Christ's sake, meet with us. Speak to our hearts for the glory of your name. Lord, we would remember the Daniels family at this time. Lord, we're so thankful for Paul. We're so thankful that you took him. We're so thankful that he's in your presence, rejoicing in your son. Lord, give us the grace to have hearing ears, that we might hear what your word says. Bless us for the Lord's sake. Be with all your people wherever they meet together. Lord, meet our needs according to your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, did you pick up verse 6? 
Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Verse 8, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Repeated four times. Four times. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Now, I love thinking about this. The Lord is good all the time. And there is never a time when he is not good. God is good. The Lord Jesus Christ is good. And he is good all the time and when we question what he's doing we're denying his goodness while we're questioning it he's good all the time and he always brings good out of evil and what our job is if you want to call it that is to trust his character he is good all the time Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Well, what about this? What about that? I can't answer any of that, but I know the Lord's always good. All the time. And no matter what's going on, he is going to bring good out of evil all the time. That's who he is. We trust his character. That's why we can have confidence. We know he's good. And this is uh, what, when Moses said, show me your glory, what's the first thing the Lord said to Moses? I'll make all my goodness pass before thee. And because God is good, all things work together for what? Good. To them that love God, to them who are thee called according to his purpose. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good, for his mercy endureth forever. I love this verse. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Two things I want to point out. This is what the redeemed of the Lord ought to be saying all the time. The Lord is good. His mercy is eternal mercy. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And something else this reminds me of. They're redeemed. We're not talking about some kind of potential redemption that will, will take place if we allow it. No, we've been redeemed. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. His blood redeems. And when his blood redeems, it makes me perfect in his sight. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gather them out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Now, he's going to give four different scenarios in this psalm. I don't know if you've noticed that, but he, he talks about not having a city. He talks about being in prison. He talks about being sick. And he talks about being in the perfect storm on the sea. Those four scenarios, and those four scenarios gives us some idea of what sin does to us. Now let's go on reading verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. They didn't have a dwelling place. You know, one of the things sin does is it makes me feel isolated. 
it makes me feel like I don't have a place to live. Isolation. You feel isolated from God because of your sin. You feel isolated from his people. You feel alone. No city to dwell in. There's nobody like me. That's what you're thinking. You're wrong. I'm wrong. But that's still the way we think. No dwelling place. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Failed in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses. This is one of four times the psalmist makes this statement. Then they cried to the Lord, would to God that me and you would do that right now. Cry to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way. You know, there's a way that seemeth right. The end thereof are the ways of death. The right way is Christ. He said, I am the way. The way of righteousness, his righteousness. The way of peace, the peace he established. The way of grace. He led them in the right way. You know, we're going to go the wrong way every time. You can just count on it. But he leads. Oh, don't you love that hymn? He leadeth me. Oh, blessed thought. He leads in the right way. That they might go to a city of habitation. Christ. He's our city of habitation. He's our dwelling place. He said, abide in me. Uh, he is the dwelling place. That's the only home we feel comfortable in. That's the only home that we find peace in, being in Christ. That's why we cry out, oh, that I may win Christ and be found in him. He is the habitation. He is the dwelling place. And when we're conscious of being in him, it's a blessed time, isn't it? It's a blessed peace. And then he repeats himself again, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Now, what is this satisfaction? When Christ was raised from the dead, God said, I'm satisfied with what he did. And I'm satisfied with everybody he did it for. And I'm satisfied with that. Are you? I'm satisfied. I, I'm not looking for anything else. He satisfies the longing soul. My soul longs to be found in Christ. My soul longs to be seen in him, to have his righteousness. He satisfies the longing and the Hungry soul, bless are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Now he gives his next scenario, prison. Prison. Sin is prison. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and iron. Now this 
binding, this sitting in this cell of affliction is my fault because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. That's why they're there. Hey, well, I can't help it. Yeah, you can help it. It's your problem. It's your fault that you're there. It's my fault that I'm there. I can't blame God. Well, I'm, I was born totally depraved. Sure you were, but that's no excuse. All my sin is all my fault, and all my sin puts me in this place. And that's what he's saying. I'm in prison. I'm bound with affliction, with iron. I can't get out. And it's all my fault. Verse 12, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Now that labor is the labor that you feel under sin. That's what that labor is. You feel you're in the prison and you can't get out and you're brought down and you hit the ground and you're at the bottom. That's what this is referring to, the prison of sin. They fell down and there was none to help. Verse 13, here we have it again. Then, not before then, not before then. Then cried, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. The only way I'm getting out of prison is if he breaks the bands and breaks the bars and pulls me out. And that's what he does. That's what he does. This is, this is our God. This is his salvation. He breaks the bars. Verse 15, oh, that men would praise the Lord. Here's the second time this is said. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. That's talking about the gospel. We praise the Lord for his goodness. God is good. Oh, I wish that would just permeate my heart at all times. The Lord is good. He's never not good. He's good all the time. He gave his son. What goodness. He gave his son to die for the likes of me and you. What Goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works. His work on the cross. His work of grace. Salvation is of the Lord. Oh, that men would praise him for that. Not just get your doctrine state, but from your heart, praise him for who he is. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works unto the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars asunder. Here's the third scenario. Fools. <laughs> fools. This is who he's speaking to. Any fools here? <laughs> fools. Because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. And through this affliction, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat they can't enjoy anything they can't enjoy anything they're afflicted their sin has brought this on them 
and they abhor all manner of meat. They draw near unto the gates of death. They can, their, their sin has brought them into this condition, and it's a sickness, as we'll see. They cry. Then they cry unto the Lord with, in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. There's the third time that's said. Fools, because of their transgressions, they get themselves in this place. They can't, everything is dark. Everything, they abhor everything. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them. His word is the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent his word. He sent his gospel. By whose stripes, and that's the healing, by whose stripes, that's the only healing, by whose stripes, his bloody death on the cross as the sinner substitute, making the way for God to be just and justify the ungodly, by his stripes were healed. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Here we are again. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. That's the preaching of the gospel. We do so rejoicing in this message. We're declaring his works, not our works, his works. That's, that's all we're to talk about is his works. Now he gives this fourth scenario, verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters out on the ocean, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. Who gave the command? He did. Why is this storm taking place? He purposed it. He caused it. He raised up the wind. He raised up the waves. He does all things. He's the first cause of everything. You know, I've heard people say, well, he doesn't care about this or that. You know, he's the first cause of important things. No, he's the first cause of everything. And if you, where do you draw the line? Well, he's the cause of this, but not that. No, he's the first cause of everything. He said, I form the light. I create the darkness. I make peace. I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. That's who he is. And this storm, I've, I've never been on a storm on the sea. Maybe some, uh, somebody's been in the Navy has, but to think of, I've just seen it on TV, it'd be terrifying to see those waves roll up and down and you're so helpless. Well, that's what he's speaking of. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Verse 25, for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. You ever been at your wit's end? They're at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. You know when you're going to cry to the Lord in your trouble? When you're at wit's end. And you really don't have any other options. 
Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. I love to think of the Lord saying to that storm, Peace, be still. And the scripture says there was a great calm. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them into their desired haven. Christ is the desired haven. That's, that's the place of safety. Christ is the desired haven. Uh, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, Christ, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire into his temple. Christ is the desired haven. Oh, that men, here he is again, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. I hope that's what we're doing right now. Now he speaks of what the Lord does. He turns rivers into a wilderness. A mighty rolling river, all of a sudden it's a desert. And the water springs, water bubbling up from the ground into dry ground. A fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. And he does the opposite. He turneth the wilderness, no life, dry, dead, into standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. That's the city, the church of the living God in Christ. That's the only city I want to be in. That's, that's my citizenship. It's in heaven. That's the habitation where God's people rejoice to be. And here's what happens. They sow the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blesses them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. Everything's great. Again, they are minished and brought low. Again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. Now, why is this? Again, they're minished and brought low. Why? Let me tell you what happens. As soon as you're feeling good about things, you know what you do? Things are good. Things are good. And somehow, we quit looking to Christ. As long as we are in this flesh, we have something that's called the flesh that's always going to bring us down. And there's always an again. Always. Again, they were brought low. Uh, as long as I'm in this sinful flesh, I, that's think of uh, think of Paul Daniel right now. He is not dealing with sin anymore. There's no reason for him to be brought low. He is in the Lord Jesus Christ, worshiping Him. No flesh to bring him down. But as long as we're in this flesh, as soon as we perceive that things are going well, we're going to start becoming proud, self-righteous. Somehow we're going to give ourselves the credit. We won't say that, but we think it. 
It's in our hearts. God sees the heart. You know, we, we know all the right things to say, but God looks at the heart. He looks at the desire. He looks at the thoughts. And um, again, they're menaced and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. Verse 40, he poureth contempt upon princes, the great of this earth, who think they're great. And he causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor. Don't miss this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Oh, may the Lord cause me to stay poor. When you're poor, you do not have anything to recommend you to God. When you're poor, all you have is Christ. That's it. And you're rich. You're rich then. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock in the flock of the great shepherd. The righteous shall see and rejoice. Now, the righteous, they're going to see this. Unbelievers are not going to see it. They, they don't get it. The righteous do. Those who have been made righteous by Christ. They see. They understand. The righteous shall see his ways and rejoice. And all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Who's going to lay anything in charge of God's elect? God justified him. Who is he that condemned? Christ died. Yea, rather that's risen again. Who's even at the right hand of God? Iniquity's going to have to shut her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these these things written in this psalm. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Then they cried in their trouble, and he delivered them in their distresses. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the Loving kindness of the Lord. Now somebody once said loving kindness is the Old Testament word for grace. The loving kindness of the Lord. God's loving kindness. It is always sovereign. It's always free. And it's always saving. Oh, that God would enable us to praise him for his goodness.